Welcome to the Fox and Ship podcast. My name is Laura Beck, and I am your host today. Each week on this show, we will feature interviews and stories celebrating Dr. Shackley's philosophies of living in harmony with nature, serving mankind, and applying the power of our thoughts, which he called thoughtsmanship. These philosophies are the cornerstone and DNA from which the Shackley Company is built upon. Today, however, I'm going to begin reading out of Dr. Shackley's book that was first published in 1973, Reflections on a Philosophy. I'm doing so for the convenience of those who prefer listening to books over reading and for those who understand the power of reading and listening to powerful concepts over and over again. Reflections on a Philosophy is a book for all people as its principles apply to everyone. If you do not have a copy, I urge you to purchase one. If you already own a copy, pull it out. This is a book to be studied, to be read and reread, as what is in it is so rich. Let the words and concepts of this book soak in and absorb and become a part of you. If you do this, you will be guaranteed success in whatever it is you set out to accomplish. I hope you fall in love with this book and its messages and with Dr. Shackley, just as I have. Reflections on a Philosophy by Forrest C. Shackley, Sr. Dedicated to my loving wife and constant companion, my Dorothy. Her unfailing love and interest in my work has been a prime motive in my lifelong search to unveil the mysteries of the man-nature relationship. Knowing that whatever I do, she will be at my side and her supporting thoughts will surround me wherever I am. The comfort of her love, her knowing way, her warm smile that lights up my day, her sharing in every way, my Dorothy. Introduction. Long before the word brainstorming was invented, the Shackley family was utilizing the activity. We Shackleys have another name for it. We call it applying thoughtsmanship. Throughout the years, we had been exposed to Dad's thoughtsmanship philosophy without quite realizing what it was. We were taught that the very foundation of this philosophy was the golden rule. Yes, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. A simple phrase, a profound thought, and yet, as a guiding principle in our life, we found it worked. There is more to this philosophy, for no one principle can be complete unto itself. As the years went by, we joined Dad in a once-a-week discussion period where we shared and participated in an in-depth understanding of his philosophy. What we had taken for granted began to unfold before us in all its simple truths. Dad, very patiently and with careful planning, explored with us the man-nature relationship. We explored the impact that living in harmony with nature would or could have in our lives. Dad taught us to think for ourselves, to think things out carefully, to direct our thoughts, and to express our lives through thoughtsmanship. 
sportsmanship has been a lesson plan in our lives that has enabled two boys and their dad to mature together and to share their ideas and goals. Unlike many other philosophies, the Shackley philosophy did not create three men who are identical images of each other, but allowed each to develop in his own individual way, to grow in stature and to stand shoulder to shoulder. Dad gave us an invaluable measure of himself through his philosophy and his love. This love and philosophy has shaped our past, present, and future. And to our dad, we say, thanks, dad, for everything. It has been our privilege. Forrest C. Shackley, Jr. and Lee Shackley. Forward. May I suggest that you read this message with the understanding that it is a reflection of one man's life in his search for what man is and why he is. It is a philosophy for living, as I have experienced it. Rest assured that there will be nothing said that will tend to alter your religious beliefs unless it is to strengthen such a belief. The method in which you worship is believed to be your right. Your commitment of devotion to any religious faith or observance should remain a matter of your choice. The foundation of this philosophy is a man-nature relationship, and I will confine my explorations of man to his physical and mental endowments and the influencing force that nature has upon them. It is important that you recognize not only the beauty of nature, but what it really means in our everyday life. We visualize the products of nature, such as the trees, the flowers, shrubs, all things natural. But do we realize that nature is our sole supplier? She gives us everything. Behind such a realization lies the force that we will explore together. The force that is often too simply called nature is then really an expression of a wealth of other positive forces, the creative force, the life force. Yes, man's life force is creative energy directed in all its activity by the creative intelligence. All living things, man included, are products of nature. The life force in man is the same force and is directed by the same creative intelligence that directs all other living things. Man differs from other living things only in his ability to reason. Reason is the intelligent consciousness of man that serves to direct the energies of the life force within us. For over 70 years, ever since I was a young lad, I have been living a most pleasant and profitable relationship with nature. And I trust that you, too, will cultivate such a relationship. You cannot, in any way, alter such a relationship. But you can make it more realistic by so arranging your thought patterns to bring yourself into closer harmony with nature. Yes, a better understanding of man's relationship with nature will help you meet and overcome the problems that are sure to lie ahead. I cannot take you by the hand and lead you down the trail I have followed these many years. To do so would mean going backwards, tackling the problems of years gone by, facing their solutions. 
Moreover, I cannot, nor will I, attempt to solve your problem for you. I can only attempt to arouse a consciousness in you that will permit you a better understanding of your own ability to solve your problems. Such information as you may gain from the study of this message should give you the determination to face all your tomorrows with firm resolution to win. Your future life will be exactly what you decide to make it because every thought that has ever been produced by man or ever will be produced is already here on this earth now. We are blanketed by the vibrations of these thoughts. We need only to recognize them, to hear them, to learn to understand them. I can assure you that I know this to be a fact, for I have experienced and lived this philosophy these many years. I am not asking you to accept these statements as something based upon theory. They are facts of life. I have lived by these facts, and nature has never let me down. I do not present these facts this Shackley philosophy, then to be read and quickly forgotten, but to help you to produce a formula of life, take these truths into your mouth by reading them aloud, chew them well, and mix them with past experience, then pass them on for complete digestion and assimilation. When the digestive process has been completed, you will find yourself in possession of knowledge that will aid you in living a more natural life. In this message, I make no attempt to entertain you. On the other hand, I do not intend to bore you. Most important, I hope to arouse your curiosity. Life begins this moment. What you think, you look. What you think, you do. What you think, you are. What is thought? No one has ever seen a thought. We can only visualize the effect thought has upon us and others. Of one thing we may be sure, however, thought has an affinity to the physical. Every thought you develop sends an impulse to every tissue, every cell in your body. The body responds, and in this way, thought results in a physical expression. Without thought direction, there would be no voluntary physical action. This applies not only to the physical actions of man, but to the action and reaction of all life existing on this earth to the influences of thought vibrations. We cannot escape the effects of our thoughts upon our well-being, for our life is what we think to make it. Where do thoughts form? In the mind? What is the mind? It may be somewhat surprising when I say that there is no such thing as mind. The mind is simply a process, not a thing. We use that process to give expression to our desires. The process of mind is, of course, a very important function. This function produces thought. The brain is not the process of mind. It is a physical organ that is used by both your inner consciousness and your educated consciousness to create the impulse of thought. In preparing this message, it is not my desire to refute statements made by any other philosopher or writer. I merely wish to share the truths that have been presented to me over the past seven decades of study and research into natural things. 
If what is related here seems at first contrary to your understanding, I ask that you withhold judgment until you have been presented with all of the facts. My life's experiences have been recorded in my inner consciousness. Through the process of mind, this acquired knowledge is now being revealed. Try to approach these ideas with an open mind. Do not allow prejudice to blind you. Read every word and read carefully. Weigh every fact on your reason scale. The closer one scrutinizes what is said here, the clearer these truths will stand out. As we consider thought and what it is, it is necessary to find the means of closer cooperation between the educated consciousness and the inner consciousness. Since it is the inner consciousness that is the custodian of our memory, it may be well for us to realize that over 90% of our everyday activity is handled by our inner consciousness, almost involuntarily, without a conscious effort on our part. Every thought we have ever produced lies in our storehouse of memory, ideas awaiting our call. However, we need not always put forth a conscious effort to profit by such recall, for the inner consciousness automatically uses those stored thoughts to direct our physical actions. Yes, I know. We don't always recall the facts we desire exactly when we desire them, but that doesn't mean that they are not there. It usually means that we are keeping our process of mind so busy just searching for memory that our inner consciousness has no way of getting the message through to us. How many times have you tried desperately to recall something and failed and have gone about your business doing other things only to discover that suddenly you remember clear and bright? There is only one process of mind and you had kept it so busy trying to remember that there wasn't an open line of communication. Thought is an expression of the creative intelligence as supplied to man, to every person. If only he will listen and receive and become conscious of the thought. All the thoughts of the universe, of this earth at least, are here and crowding in upon us. All we need to do is listen. I had not seen too many years when I first recognized the bombardment of the creative thought of nature. It started when I was still a boy, a loner with nature. I have always been a loner with nature. I used to like lying flat on my back in an old haystack out in the fields in spring. Once while doing just that and marveling at the formations of wild fowl overhead, a phenomenon many times greater than today, I asked myself, what makes those geese, ducks, swans, and cranes fly north in the spring of the year? They were guided by some unseen force, I determined, taken back to the place where they were born, their nesting place of the year before and years before that, where they laid their eggs and produced their young, and then in the fall, without road maps, they suddenly had the urge something told them to fly south. So they left their home and flew to the Southlands where it would be warm and comfortable during the cold northern winter nights and days. That was the awakening of my relationship with nature and I have since cultivated every thought that I could recognize in my inner consciousness or at least endeavored to do so and built those thoughts into ideas. 
It is well that man's educated consciousness becomes aware of that other side of man, for it is the inner consciousness that is in constant touch with the creative intelligence, the director of nature. It is well to remember that every thought you produce tends to be given physical expression. Certainly, it will have an influence in the expression of your life. Man does not have the power to create thought. He becomes conscious of the creative thoughts and directs them in giving expression to his own activity. True, many of the thoughts man uses as a guide to the expression of life are the thoughts of others. For thoughts are no respecter of persons. Neither is thought limited by space. This world is blanketed with thoughts. The consciousness simply becomes aware of them and either accepts or rejects them. What we think we do. There are many different types of thought, constructive, inventive, creative, optimistic, stimulative, and many other positive types. There are also negative types, destructive, pessimistic, depressing, hateful, and so forth. Man must choose carefully the thoughts he wishes to entertain. Remember, Positive thoughts tend to bring much happiness to us and to others, adding to our pleasure of life, while negative thoughts tend to result in a discord of vibrations that will deteriorate the body. When the body is no longer a fitting abode, the life force departs. Man brings destruction upon himself. Cooperative thoughts and forgiveness are neutralizers that will give man inner peace. Man must determine to live in harmony with nature, for life is what we think to make it. Every cell in the body is subjected to the impulse of thought. The inner consciousness responds to such thought impulses and says motivating energy to such muscles as are needed to carry out the demand of that thought. Thus, the thought is being transmuted into physical expression. However, have you ever seen a face turn ashen gray from anger or a face flush crimson from embarrassment? Have you ever been frozen to a spot from fear? All of these physical reactions are due to thought. What you think, you look. What you think, you do. What you think, you are. As a young man, I enjoyed athletics of all kinds, including boxing. One day I was walking down the street with my mind on a thesis I was to write that weekend. I was oblivious of everything about me. At that moment, a fellow student and a very close friend stepped in front of me and threw a fake punch at my jaw. There was no thought recognition, only a thought of defense. I struck back with deadly accuracy and my friend was knocked off his feet. Worst of all, his head hit the sidewalk with such force that he suffered a slight fracture of the skull. Imagine my regret. But at that moment, the instinctive reactions developed through my long training sessions for boxing and stored in my inner consciousness had taken control of my body. Those defensive thoughts were transmuted into the physical and my reaction was automatic. After reading the above facts concerning the transmutation of thought into the physical, you will recognize the need of thought control. Suppose someone did something that caused you to become angry. Anger, of course, is a derivative of fear, and fear is one of man's most negative emotions. 
Those angry thoughts cause the inner consciousness to alert every cell in the body to contract and prepare for flight or fight. It may not be necessary to do either, but as long as the angry thought is controlling your actions, every cell in your body will feel the effect. Normal function has been interfered with, and it may take hours for the body to repair the physical damage done by one single thought. On the other hand, a thought of friendliness can cause a sense of relaxation throughout the body, and the relaxed body will function more normally. You will not only feel better, but look better. Yes, thoughts transmute into the physical, and this is a confirmed fact. Think of the above illustration the next time you find yourself becoming angered. Thought control, the word control may strike you where it hurts. For few people have control of their thoughts. People are prone to produce selfish thoughts and then wonder why others disagree with them. Can't you think of the other fellow's welfare some of the time? We truly believe that the success-building power of the Shackley philosophy is due to the fact that we share our opportunities with the other fellow. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Man cannot make progress alone. Progress is the direct result of the service man renders to others. The greater the service rendered, the greater the progress. It all depends upon what you think. Thoughts as you now know, have a tendency to be transmuted into the physical. The human being has been given dominion over all things pertaining to his personal welfare. Why court disaster by refusing to direct properly your production of thought? You must either produce your own directive thoughts or someone else will produce those thoughts for you. Are you acting upon the thoughts you have experienced in years past? Of course you are, for 90% of your daily actions are motivated by thoughts experienced by you in days gone by. A thought is never lost, so guard against the cultivation of a thought that is not true to the type of life you wish to live. Thought control is a necessary part of my life. I cannot express my life without thought, so why not control the type of thought my educated consciousness produces? The future life will be exactly what we think to make it because every thought that has ever been produced by man or ever will be produced is here on this earth now, as I have stated earlier. We are blanketed by the vibrations of these thoughts. Success or failure is wholly dependent upon the thoughts man uses for the guidance of his activities. Man is endowed with the power of reason and given dominion over all things pertaining to his own well-being. That is why, in everything you do, I urge you, use thoughtsmanship. Chapter 2, Thoughtsmanship. Thoughtsmanship is an unfamiliar word to many who are reading this message, but is deeply embedded in the foundation of the Shackley philosophy. I coined the word thoughtsmanship many years ago, as I believed it would more clearly describe the process of thoughtful planning. It is a word applied to the method used in directing the expression of man's life force, our lives. We all understand and are familiar with the meaning of such words as workmanship, hardship, and salesmanship. These words express thoughts and activities which we have experienced at one time or another. 
The thinker uses thoughtsmanship to direct his life's expression. What is thoughtsmanship? Let me assure you, it is not mysterious. On the contrary, it is as natural as life itself. While it includes principles of science, it is nevertheless down to earth and plainly understandable. Its teachings are simple, and I intend to keep our discussion within the bounds of that simplicity. All great truths are simple truths. What I have to say in the following pages applies to you, but it is also equally applicable to all men. From this moment on, if you will only so determine, life can become an orderly, happy, successful existence. And thoughtsmanship, when you understand it, will lead you to this existence. Thoughtsmanship is the art of expressing thought. It is law of nature that man has to follow, whether he likes it or not. Every thought created in man's consciousness is expressed in the physical. It is a law of thought transmutation in which every impulsive thought is transmuted into every physical fiber of the body. Every conscious movement of the body requires thought direction, and every word spoken should be thoughtfully formed. In fact, thoughtsmanship is based upon your ability to receive as much as your ability to give. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Your future will be exactly what you think to make it. For new thoughts will soon guide you to new experiences, experiences anticipated and planned by you. Many new and bountiful things are in store for you. You will use thoughtsmanship constantly from now on. It is the very beginning of human expression. It is the method used by all men to build life's pattern. It is my fond hope that I can help open many doors of understanding for all. Knowingly or not, you are constantly using thoughtsmanship in your struggle for existence. My point is simply this. If you learn to understand what you are doing, life need not be a discouraging struggle. In fact, it doesn't need to be a struggle at all. Why fight your way through life? Life is not your enemy. Life is a privilege. It is an enjoyable privilege if you choose to make it so. What you think, you look. What you think, you do. What you think, you are. Before going a single step further, let me explain how thoughtsmanship can be used every day of your life. Where will I start? Why, at the beginning, of course. All things start with a thought, so start thinking creatively. Think of something for which it is worth working. What that something is means little at this point. It is a goal. It is the target at which you are aiming. And you will develop thoughts that will help you to reach that goal. If at first, concentrating your thoughts upon a single goal proves to be difficult, you should not feel discouraged. Nothing is easy at the start. Still, you must keep your thoughts on your single purpose. Moreover, you can't produce just any old thought and try to kid yourself into believing that you are thinking creatively. Look at the value of your thought. You must think and think clearly about what it is you wish to accomplish. Now, think out a plan to follow and keep those thoughts in mind, for those thoughts will guide your future action. There is an analogy between the successful thinker and the successful marksman. 
The marksman on the rifle range takes careful aim before firing the shot. He doesn't just fire at random, hoping he will hit something that will bring him the prize. His desire is to hit the bullseye. Therefore, he knows that his aim must be accurate. The same thing is true of the thoughtsman. Thinking at random will get him nowhere. He must aim his thoughts at a specific target. A person may never have fired a rifle at a target before, but he knows that the rifle must be carefully aimed in order to ring the bell. However, just aiming will never hit the target either. I have known many people who were good aimers. They were always aiming to do this, aiming to do that, but they never got around to firing the shot. Others keep firing away without aiming at anything. They often hit something, but more times than not, they are unaware of the hit. In firing, the marksman knows that the rifle will never reach the target. It is only an instrument through which the bullet passes and by which the bullet is directed and sent on its way. So it is with our thoughts. We sight them at the goal we wish to reach, and our inner consciousness provides the energy to reach that goal. Our entire life's expression will always conform to the thought pattern we produce. Allow that action to take place. Keep driving toward the goal. Choose the target carefully. Then load the rifle with thoughts that will make an impression. Our thoughts are our ammunition. Thoughtsmanship is the use we make of such ammunition. May I paraphrase? Blessed are the straight thinkers, for they shall hit the bullseye. Thoughtsmanship will actually lead you into expression of a new life. You will produce thoughts in a more orderly and intelligent manner. You will demand and get what you want out of life, and without enduring hardships incurred by careless thought. There are certain basic rules to be observed if you are to produce creative thoughts and reap the rewards of creative action. They are not difficult. Thousands of others are using thoughtsmanship and building their success, so proceed with confidence. Think things through completely. If it is something that can be corrected, do so at once. If it is something that can't be corrected, go around it. But never worry about being unable to make a correction and never put off correcting something once you know you can. Worry is an attribute of fear, and fear should never be tolerated, for it is the greatest cause of failure. If you get into the habit of creating courageous thoughts, then the fear thoughts will be crowded out of your life. When you are not thinking about trouble, it doesn't exist as far as you are concerned. To the student of thoughtsmanship, worry will soon become a thing of the past. He will simply refuse to produce worry thought. This doesn't mean that he will not be concerned over certain occurrences. He will. But the concern will cause him to develop thoughts toward positive remedial action, and this will eliminate all worry at the source. Today, life may seem appallingly confusing to you, but it is not. You may have worked your way into a complicated position, but if you try, you can think your way out of it. The greater the complication, the greater the need for creative thought. That's all. Thought changes things, big and small. At first, the very idea of having to think for yourself may be frightening, 
You have been so dependent on the other fellow's judgment that you have little confidence in your own ability to think things through to a solution. You fear the responsibility incurred by taking a clear and definite stand on any subject. You are not alone. Many others are also afraid to assume responsibility. The interesting element here is that this can give you an advantage. Through thoughtsmanship, you know that your creative thoughts will be transmuted into physical expression, that within your inner consciousness resides all the power necessary to create the desired conditions. You are not going to let someone else direct your life for you, especially since that someone else is quite likely to be acting out of fear, and his direction may easily be very much an error. Then, too, he may be driven by a selfish motive, looking out for himself. Stop passing the buck to someone else. Take over the reins. You are responsible for the expression of your life. So why not direct that life in such a way that the profit goes into your life account? This is getting quite personal, isn't it? It's intended to be. Life will be just what you think to make it. Your thoughts are your own responsibility. You produce them in your own thought factory, and you are the production manager. Prepare the thought pattern carefully. Use good judgment in its preparation. Then hold to those thoughts. Think things through. Build a complete thought pattern. Your inner consciousness must be convinced that you are determined. Once you have changed your manner of thinking, from wishful or idle thinking to earnest, conscientious, creative thinking, your inner consciousness will be fully aware of your determination. The expression of those thoughts in the physical is assured. Don't expect miracles from your inner consciousness. Once you have made a demand upon it through the production of creative thought, you must be prepared to hang on until you have accomplished your purpose. Don't expect to plant the seed one day and reap the harvest the next. Maybe it is possible for the inner consciousness to produce the desired result the next day, but are you prepared to be used in giving it expression? Yes, used. For you, like the rifle, are the instrument through which expression is passed. Remember, the means of communication between man and his inner consciousness is through the process of his mind. He develops a thought, and it is deposited in his memory files, where it is acted upon by his inner consciousness. Every thought is a seed sown in fertile soil. Your harvest will be in exact proportion to the care given the plant that springs from that seed. You can cultivate and nurture it, or you can neglect it and let it wither and die. How many wonderful, potentially profitable plans have you created only to allow neglect to destroy them? If you indulge in careless, wishful thinking, you will express a careless, disorganized life. You are the ruling master over your process of mind. You have an intelligence with which to control your thoughts. So you must direct the production of creative thoughts. As man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Having successfully applied thoughtsmanship in my own life for many years than I care to admit, I can readily reveal that the facts I am presenting are largely a reflection of my own experiences. The whole framework of thoughtsmanship is constructed of material taken from knowledge gained through its actual operation, doing, and living. 
I can assure you, thoughtsmanship works. It has built a most successful life for me. It has brought me health, happiness, and prosperity. I have seen it work for others too, friends and members of my own family. To build a healthy, happy, and prosperous life, a man must carefully build a healthy, happy, and purposeful thought pattern, a pattern he can live by. Remember, every thought created has a tendency to be transmuted into the physical. You cannot escape the effect of your thoughts, good or bad. For little by little, they are forming the shape of your future life. Too idealistic? Not on your life. It is your life. Are you becoming conscious of your own thought power? What you think, you look. What you think, you do. What you think, you are. Your thoughts will absolutely direct your success or failure. I'm not speaking of good or evil, but rather of the intelligence you use in directing your life force. I have always looked upon evil as backward living. Try spelling live backwards and see what I mean. Thoughtsmanship is going to do away with any tendency you may have toward backward living. You are going to live a planned life, a life in which you know where you're going and how to get there. Never hold a thought on anything you do not want to happen. Stop thinking yourself into failure, but start thinking of the success you know you can be. Thoughtsmanship is, then, the beginning of human expression of the inner consciousness, the birthplace of success. Thank you for listening. We will feature a new story or interview each week. We hope you choose to come back. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will be among the first to know when a new episode comes out. Also, let others know about us by sharing our podcast. You can do so by clicking three little dots on your screen, which gives you options for sharing via social media, text, or email. It's a great way to help us get the word out about thoughtsmanship and this remarkable man, Dr. Shackley. Thanks again for listening.